I just want to let you know that I have another couple of workshops coming up and back by popular demand, I am repeating my boost your immune system workshops because there is never a better time than to boost your immune system than right now. This workshop is a 90 minute workshop that will be interactive and will teach you five habits that you may have that are unknowingly weakening your immune system right now. And that might be helpful to know, right? Because when you know, you do better and you can start to change those habits. As well as I will be teaching you some great tools and steps that you can take to further boost your immune system, including a very simple supplement protocol that you can follow and easily implement right away. So I will put the link to register for these workshops. They're absolutely free. Invite your friends and family. I will put that link in the show notes. So please check that out at the end of the episode. Thank you so much. And I look forward to having you join the workshop. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm Melissa Dealey, your host, and today I have another wonderful guest with me, my good friend, Jackie Finneman. Welcome, Jackie. Oh, thanks for having me, Melissa. This is so fun to be here. I'm excited to have you sharing with us today and to introduce you to the audience. I'm going to share a little bit of your story and have you delve in deeper, but Jackie always energetically volunteered for projects, helped others in their work or home life, and created ways to help even when others didn't ask for or want the help. For years, she overbooked her schedule to assist others, even accepting promotions at work that she didn't want. Eventually, Jackie's willingness to help and her Mrs. Overdo It personality caught up with her. Her cup was empty, yet she was still giving. She started to feel taken advantage of and become resentful. And so that's why I asked you to join me here today, because this month of January 2022, as we start out the new year, I really wanted to highlight the benefits of actually slowing down instead of being in that Mrs. Overdo It state. And when you told me about Mrs. Overdo It, I loved it so much. I wanted to have you on the show. So before we dive into all of that, though, I'd love you to share your story because it's such a powerful story of, you know, how you came to be in that place of Mrs. Overdo It and then what you've done since then as well. Yeah, well, Melissa, this is 
a, a very near and dear uh, to my heart kind of uh, story, I guess I'll say, because I, um, I'm a natural fixer. I'm a natural doer. I'm a natural helper. And, um, and helping others and doing things like it feeds me, right? It's selfish, honestly, because it's what feeds me is to help and to serve and to give back. Um, and uh, especially to people who feel misunderstood or maybe um, at a disadvantage. And, uh, and so I got into the world of counseling. I'm you know, going to skip a lot of the early life story, but the world of counseling so that I could help kids and parents who were struggling with, um, mostly at the time it was mental health diagnoses and things like that. And, and, uh, and I just absolutely loved my job, but what ended up happening is I was just constantly busy, right? I was constantly doing, 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 doing. And while it fed me, um, I kind of lost sight of really who I was mm-hmm. and why I was doing, you know, after I'm, I was in a career for 20 years and I loved the job, but I was just like, something hit me. And actually I shouldn't just say something. It was when my mom passed away in 2004, my mom was my rock, my like idol and my hero. And she had this don't sweat the small stuff attitude. And she was a very big giver. She was constantly doing for others because it fed her. And she and I were just very much alike. When we lost her in 2004, uh, life changed for me. I was very independent from her. I was very much like her, but very independent from her, but it was like, just knowing she was there, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that I could call her. Um, that was a really big thing. And when we lost her, I realized that how much I actually needed her, like just to be there on the sidelines or, you know, a call, a phone call away. Yeah. And, um, excuse me. So in Jackie fashion, I losing her, I thought I got to keep busy. I got to do more things so that I don't focus so much on myself. And I I didn't want to pay attention to the grief and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So I just started helping more people and doing more and doing more and doing more. And then it was in about 2005 or six after our son was born. And again, I'm just busy, busy, busy. I had some people, some of my own family say, Jackie, quit being like mom, quit helping us. We're not even asking you to help with us. You don't have to be like mom. You don't have to be the one to do everything all the time. And I was like, ouch, you know, that really kind of hurt because, (laughs) but it made me pay attention a bit, right. To like, why am I doing so much for everybody else? Especially if they're not asking. Right. And then a few months after that, I had taken on some coordination roles with the agency that I worked for. And I had some of our staff say to me, Jackie, why are you doing all of this? Like, why, you know, why are you constantly telling us what to do? And why are you helping in projects that you really shouldn't even be involved in? And, you know, like, you're always so busy. You don't have to be doing this all the time and we don't need your help. And I I thought, wow, again, I mean, it was like the slap in the face kind of thing. And so while that was really hard for me to hear Mm -hmm. those messages, Mm -hmm. I really had to step back and take a look at, yeah, why am I, you know, my passion for helping others turned into almost this way of neglecting my own needs and focusing on my own grief Mm -hmm. and who I was as a woman. Excuse me, I'm just getting over COVID. So I have a, a scratchy throat. But anyway, so I started paying attention way back in 2006, 2007 about my own, what am I doing? And, and I started working on some more personal growth. 
But then I started getting promoted at work and doing more things at work. And, you know, as time went on, I kind of fell back into that. Ignore yourself and your own needs and, and all of that, right. And help others and serve and, and give and give and give. And I started doing, getting put into positions and roles at work that I didn't really even want. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was working 70 hours, 80 hours, wow. answering emails at one in the morning, driving 5,000 miles a month. Like and I was just had a young son at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the coordination role started in 2005, the year he was born and at 25% time, but then eventually was hundred percent time. I went from, you know, helping to manage about 25 counselors and therapists to over a hundred. I was working in 32 counties in Minnesota, you know, driving, like I said, 5,000 miles a month and getting away from the work that I love to do, which is to serve parents and kids, right. And to be actually in the moment, in their homes, in the day-to-day life kind of stuff. And so I was like, but you know, how do I get out of this? Now I've built myself up in the company. I've got this great job. I've got healthy benefits, a great, you know, 401k, like all this stuff. And I, you know, our son at this time was about eight, seven or eight. When I started to think I need to do something else, I'm too busy. There is too much on my plate, but how do I get out of it? I don't even know how to like, what would I do? You know, I'd been with the agency at that point for 15 years. And, you know, I grew up with the agency and, you know, it was like, I don't even know. I I couldn't go work for another company. You know, I had so much invested in this, in this company. And those Um, are very real fears, I think for a lot of people, right. When you have so much invested, so much time invested in one place, it gets, it becomes a comfort zone for one thing, but, and then it gets harder to see what the other opportunities might be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the income tied to that. You've got a family, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes, you know, we kind of get stuck in our heads that this is where we need to be continuing to do this for everything else in my life or everyone else in my life. And again, we're putting everyone else first. Yeah. And, you know, I, I loved helping people, like I said, and I had all this energy and I was an extrovert and, uh, you know, like I thrived off of that, but then I didn't you know, eventually I didn't. And, and it wasn't just about aging or, you know, getting older or being, you know, feeling stifled in my job. I had new roles, new responsibilities to keep me interested, you know, so I wasn't just doing the same old, same old things. But I think what happened is I, um, I started resenting the work. Um, I started to get myself self-inflicted, right. Putting myself in extra things, but also then, having other things put on my plate. And it just got, it just got so to be so much. Um, and so then in 2012, I was at, uh, this leader cast conference and then sitting in a room of about 300 other business professionals learning how to, you know, help motivate your colleagues or your staff or how to, how to grow in your leadership role, you know, and like, it was a wonderful conference. It was telecast, simulcast um, in my local community. And so I'm sitting in, you know, the the front row of this big uh, conference room watching the, you know, all these wonderful speakers like Simon Sinek. And, um, uh, and, you know, there was, there was, there was all this great information, right? Well, then 
there was an intermission. I was kind of feeling like, oh, I'm, I don't want to motivate people anymore. I just want to get out of what I'm doing. I want to learn a new way. I was really exhausted. And, uh, and so fortunately there was the break, the intermission break, we had lunch. And then we watched this, uh, simulcast, um, this, these, this intermission and there were kids ages four to 16 dancing in full body leotards on this black screen. And they were dancing to the song and they were forming, uh, words and pictures out of their bodies. Right. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And the song was called hello world by lady antebellum. And I'd heard that song before, but I never really heard it. Right. You know, right. I never really yeah. listened to it in that same way as when I was sitting in this conference and, uh, and so during the, the, the music's playing, it's really loud. And I'm watching these silhouette dancers, these children and tears are pouring down my face. Now I'm at a business conference, probably not the best place to be, you know, having to <laughs> in the front row in the middle, you know, of course, it's just, you know, the seat that was left when I got there, I guess. And, uh, so the, the intermission finishes up and I'm wiping my tears and, you know, being a little embarrassed. And uh, then the host of the conference handed out these sheets of paper and she said, write down three goals that you hope to, um, that you hope to uh, complete after this conference, things that you want to do after this conference. And so I wrote a personal goal and another goal. And then I wrote a goal that said, someday I'll be brave enough and have the courage to start my own company. And I'm going to call it Hello World. And it was literally because of that song and just the feeling I got from this song. And I said, and its mission is going to be awakening family attachment. I wanted to get back to what I love to do, even as a little girl, which was to help others and to have happy families and peace in our home and trusting relationships, you know, with, with our family members. And so um, I left the conference and kind of, you know, by Monday, status quo, back to work, typing emails, you know, answering phone calls, scheduling things. Uh, I just, I got back into the overwhelm and all the things, you know, just regular life and uh, kind of poo-pooed the idea. Yeah, right. Who am I to start a business? You know, like I could really do this. What do I know about starting a business? So I just kind of put it on the back burner. And then I'll fast forward. I love how it was almost downloaded <laughs> to you through that song though literally was never on my radar to start a business, right. never in the plan. Didn't think I was an entrepreneur or could do anything like this. Right. So then I, um, you know, back to work, driving my 300 mile an hour or 300 miles an hour, 300 mile days to 500 mile days, all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, one day I was sitting in my home office. This is probably five months later or so. <clears throat> and behind me was a window and uh, I'm in my office now, but I'm facing the window. And uh, so I, the, the window's to my back and I'm typing this email. I just gotten off the phone with a disgruntled employee that was part of my team. And I was going to need to terminate this person. And I was exhausted. I was tired from all the work and got off that call. And I'm typing the email follow-up and I hear this like tap, tap, tap on my window. And I kind of ignored it because I'm busy working away. And then this tap, tap, tap again. And I turned around and this beautiful goldfinch with, you know, like the bright yellow, full yellow with a, like a black mask, eye mask on was perched on my windowsill and just kind of bobbing his head around, you know, looking at me. And for some reason, I just got overcome with emotion and started to tear up. And I'm thinking it's my mom. 
like, I know mom, you know, she's sending me a sign or something. I know mom, I've got to stop. I've got to, I've got to get it together. I've got to figure this out. And, and, uh, and I took, I had a Blackberry phone at the time. So this is dating me. This is back in like 2012, uh, 13, I think by then. And, uh, I took a picture of the goldfinch and then it flew in three beautiful circles, fluttered its wings. Like it was like dancing with its reflection against the windowsill and then flew off. Wow. That's and it amazing. just, I love that story. And as you told it, you gave me full body goosebumps. Just <laughs> I'm going even before to... you said that you thought it was your mom, just the fact that there was a goldfinch tap, tap, tapping, getting your attention on the windowsill. Right. Right. So it, it was, uh, and I'm a spiritual person. I believe very much in spirituality, but also, um, and in God and, and the universe sending us signs and kind of helping to slow us down sometimes. Right. So, so my missus overdo it. How's that working for you? Presentation is all about paying attention to those signs. But the next day I had to drive to our home office, which is an hour from, from my home. And I told a, a colleague of mine about this goldfinch visiting. And she says, oh, Jackie, we have to look that up. And I'm like, what do you mean? We have to look it up. And she said, well, the goldfinch is sending you a message. You need to, we need to hear what the, the message is. I was like, okay, you know, I'm open to that. So I'll read that too quick. I just grabbed, I have this, this frame of, of the animals that had visited me, the actual pictures from my Blackberry. So, um, but the goldfinch was saying to me, um, when goldfinch visits you, it's there to help you awaken to nature's spirits, helps with endurance and transition of physical to spiritual, aids in understanding the power of your voice and your own song. Goldfinch teaches the value and importance of changes, healthy family resolutions, along with balance and harmony in dealing with people. The goldfinch will teach you to awaken to one's hidden choices. So here's that awaken wow. word again, you know, and I'm saying, hello, world's going to be all about awakening family attachment, yes. family relationships. Yes. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> I got to pay attention <laughs> to that. Like, this is pretty cool. Right. And so I thanked my friend and got on with, you know, the rest of my day. And I thought I really need to pay attention to this. And then status quo, right. Work yep. stuff kind of, you, you've got to do the job. And so I'm back into just the, this is all nice, woo woo, fluffy kind of stuff, but I'm too busy. I have things to do. So I get back to my busyness. And then a few weeks later, another really kind of dreading day, like went to bed probably at two in the morning, up at seven, get my husband and son off to school and work. And I sit in my recliner with a cup of coffee, staring out my window. It's very misty out. It's like dark. It's seven in the morning, but it's, you know, kind of a dark, dreary morning. Mm -hmm. And I look out my window and perched on my deck is an owl. Wow. We live in the country. We had been in the country for you know, about 15 years at that point. I'd never seen an owl or even heard an owl in our, our wooded uh, lot. And uh, so I took a double take at this owl and it turned its head all the way around. I mean, like I thought it was an ornament, like an, it looked like we don't have a lot of ornament of an owl, but you know, so I look at this thing and I got a picture of it with my Blackberry through the screen. It's a horrible picture, but you can see he's there. And then I thought, I got to go look it up. I got to go pay attention to this sign, right? What is the owl trying to tell me? Well, when the owl shows up in your life, he's there to help you listen and look out for the subtle signs that are around you. He's a great helper to be attentive to what usually goes below your radar, but is now of particular importance. 
thought that was interesting. The owl is also a guide to uncover your hidden potentials and abilities. Hidden potentials and abilities. Never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Never thought I could do, you know, check whether you need to re reveal more of your intuitive nature. That's what the owl is saying. So intuitively, what do I want? What, what, what do I know I feel called to and drawn to? The owl is saying, hey, Jackie, it's time to pay attention to that and honor that really. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah. So again, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But still, you know, and I'm praying to God and I'm saying, help me, somebody show me, how do I do this? Like, I don't even know how to leave this job and start something new. Right. Well, literally a few weeks later, I'm sitting in my office again and I was on the phone again, not a good conversation. There was a lot of tough stuff going on that year at work. And I walked to my window and I see this baby fawn just feeding in our backyard. Well, we get deer a lot in our yard, so that wasn't anything uncommon. But the really interesting thing was there was this fawn, and it's in the fall of the year, not the spring, which mm -hmm. is typically the fawns yeah. are in the spring. Yeah. And there's no mama deer around. So again, I'm not saying that just it's any animal or any bird or any stop sign or any, you know, like whatever you see. But sometimes there are specific reasons why, you know, when it kind of strikes, strikes you as odd or interesting or cur you're curious about it, really pay attention. There might be something more there, right? So I went and looked up the deer. Now, at this point, I was really kind of beating myself up for not paying more attention at work and being more grateful and thankful for the job that I had. I was starting to doubt myself, feeling selfish for wanting to leave and wanting more and wanting something different in my life. So I was kind of beating myself up for all of that. And then I went and looked up this deer meaning. And the deer says, it's often a sign not to be too hard on yourself. Still the voice of the self-critic and treat yourself with gentleness and understanding. Wow. Literally, I'm tearing, you know, tears pouring down like, Jackie, pay attention. You are worth something. You know, you're worth it. You can do this. You should pay attention you know, to what's happening here. So um, seek out your inner treasures and use them generously to help those around you. Trust that kindness and graciousness will be well-received. So, and then it said the deer is a messenger of serenity, can see between shadows and hear what isn't being said. It teaches us to maintain our innocence and gentleness so we can share our open-heartedness with others. Okay, so now I'm like, this, there's really something to this, but what did I do? Kind of just let it be, kept it to myself. Didn't share with a lot of people. I thought maybe it's too woo woo for, you know, others. Right. And then one day I was kind of having a bad day and my son, had, he picked up on it. He was eight at the time. He's now 16. And he came over, he said, mom, are you okay? What's the matter? Is something wrong? And I said, well, buddy, I've been talking with dad and I really kind of want to leave my job, but I've been there a long time and I love a lot of the people and I kind of want to start my own company, but I don't know if I should. And if I have the skills, I'm having this conversation with an eight-year-old, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, and I think God is telling me that I should start my own company and I should, I should do this. And so I grabbed the picture or I grabbed my phone and I show them the pictures of the goldfinch and the owl and the deer. And I said, I just don't know if it's me, you know, doing wishful thinking, or if it's really God telling me I should do this. And my eight-year-old son said, uh, duh, mom, I'm pretty sure it's God. 
And I said, but Andrew, how do you know? And he said, well, mom, G is for goldfinch, O is for owl, and D is for deer. And that spells God. <laughs> You're making me tear up because <laughs> this is such a powerful story. I love it. And I love how an eight-year-old has the intuition. And we know this. So many children have this, right? They have that natural intuition to tune in yes. to other people's energies and emotions, et cetera. And we lose that as adults when we get into that do, 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 go, go, go world. And we yeah. stop tuning in. But when we tune in, it is so powerful. So I'm so happy for you that you had that conversation with your eight-year-old because look at the insight that he had for you. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, I, I can remember that day like it was yesterday and the feeling I get, um, some days I cry more than others about it, but it is very emotional. And he, he's really got sent. Um, we had one child, we thought we'd have many. I was like the babysitter of the year, 15 years running, you know, growing up. And, <laughs> and I had always had this passion for kids and families. So I thought I'd have a big family of my own. And I guess God had other plans for me and, and, uh, but he gave me one and I'm very grateful and fortunate for the one, the one that he gave me. And, um, and so, yeah, then, uh, really long story short, I, my husband and I talked about it and, and I was really nervous. He wouldn't want me to leave. I mean, I carried the health insurance, you know, through my job, he has two brick and mortar businesses, you know, and, and, uh, finally he could see the wear and tear that everything, everything was having on me. And I was gone a lot and our son was starting travel sports and I was just never going to be around. And here I'm telling everybody how important family is and not, not going to be able to spend enough time with my own. So, um, one day he said, you know what, if you can figure it out, go for it. And that was all I needed to hear. I knew there was fear, uncertainty in his voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew I had plenty of my own. I was starting to talk to people about starting a parenting coaching company and all this. And people were like, no, who, what's parent coaching? Who's going to pay for that? Like how would, and I just, I didn't know. And I didn't have it all figured out. But I knew just recently, I read a book called Everything's Figure Outable by Marie Farley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I'd have had that book back then because I probably would have had a little bit more confidence in what I was doing. But it is true. I did figure it out. And now, eight years later, I have Hello World and No Problem Parenting. And I get to help parents learn how to, how to talk differently with their kids, how to not, how to get them off the fear and the worry bus of all things parenting, you know, how to, how to deal with and overcome problems, I, you know, in our homes and, and do so with confidence. So that's, that's, uh, that is my passion. It is my, my mission. And, um, I'm grateful to the goldfinch, the owl, the deer, my friend, Pam, who even introduced me to this stuff and, and to myself for not, pushing it off or shrugging it off. Like it didn't mean anything, you know, clearly I was ready. And, and that is a, that is an important thing, but, um, but really stopping to pay attention to the signs, the subtle signs. I also had things like stop signs that were, you know, in my path. Now, obviously there's stop signs on a road, right? Well, I would have these days where I would drive 300 miles and there would be like stop signs where I didn't remember, remember there used to be stop signs or construction. There was a huge stop sign one day in the middle of the road, 
like between the lanes because of construction. It was the most gigantic stop sign I'd ever seen. And I had to pay, why is, why am I seeing the stop sign? You know, like literally saying, stop, you've had all these other signs, Jackie, take the leap, go for like, pay attention to this. You are meant for better, bigger things, right? Not that my career didn't serve me well. I learned so much at the agency I worked for. I will, I have no regrets on any of that. And we're always exactly where we're supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't have started the business if you didn't have all of that experience beforehand, right? So it's, it's never, it's never looking back with regret. If you've still been following your heart and doing something that you love, which you clearly loved until you didn't. Right. And then it was a matter of, okay, what's next. And then slowing down enough to be aware of the signs and following the signs. And I absolutely love that because it's very similar to my story that I've shared several times over on this podcast of being guided to this work, which is following the signs, right? Unfortunately, those signs were coming through my daughter's concussions, but all of the learning that I had through that and the ahas that came from that, that have landed me where I'm at today as I moved out of corporate and into my own business. And those signs are there. Yeah, they're always there. And it is a matter of slowing down to be aware of them. And then also figuring out the meaning of them, because we don't always know that right away. So it's taking the time to sit with it, you know, to talk to others, like your friend Pam introduced you to looking up the meaning of the goldfinch, and then sharing with your son and just getting a different perspective and something that was so obvious to him. Yeah. that you hadn't seen maybe yeah. because you were overthinking that part of it right or yes. just in, you're in the confusion and you can't find your way out but working with someone on the other side who's not in the confusion yeah you see it more clearly right which is why it's always so powerful to be working with other people and not trying to figure everything out on our own and I love that, you know, you are living your passion and you truly are the parent whisperer, the child whisperer working with parents. And because, you know, my kids are adults now and, you know, I read books, right? I didn't go to parenting courses. I read books, but I did hear so many times and said so many times myself, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no parenting course I can go to. Like I would say that to my children, you know, if I'm like, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm doing the best I can, but there's no parenting course I can go to. But now there are, and there's people like you that can really help um, parents navigate that path because it isn't easy. And there, we're not taught how to be parents through the education system, right? Yeah, right, right. And so, so much of it is trying to figure it out. And sometimes when you're in it, you can't figure it out by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I love, love, love that you offer that to people because there's nothing better than a happy, harmonious home where, you know, people understand each other, respect each other and can talk to each other. Yes. Instead of being at war. And that's reality too. being at war and having those, you know, tough times, those stressful times as a parent, this, like my, my parent parenting services are not a cotton candy approach. I don't put a lot of fluff on parenting because in reality there is, I mean, it's it's not realistic, right? Excuse me. Things happen. 
we screw up, we overreact, we yell, you know, our kids, our kids fight back, you know, or they get defensive or they wet noodle on the floor, they roll their eyes or they, it's, it's just called parenting. And, and we, we need to stop shooting on ourselves. I say that all the time, you know, like I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. No, you just like my, my approach with parents really truly is, uh, to seek first to understand why is my kid behaving the way they are? Why am I responding or reacting the way I am? Right. Step mm-hmm. two is prepare for the worst. The more prepared we are for the things we fear or that we're worried about, can't always be fully prepared, but the more prepared we are, the more we actually deal with the elephant in the room or, you know, deal with the tackle, the problem head on, the less likely we are to react versus respond. And we feel more confident. And when we're confident, our kids, that's their sponges to us. Mm-hmm. They just, they soak that in and they become more confident. And then the third thing or step three for, is change the conversation. And so just how to talk to our kids. And like I said, with my eight-year-old at the time, I was having a conversation that I maybe would have had or should have had, or could have had with a, another adult. But sometimes we think we have to like dumb down these conversations for our kids when we really don't. They, they may not understand everything we say, but they're certainly more open mm-hmm. to, you know, the possibilities of things because they're younger and they haven't had all those realistic, you know, conversations, um, or, or like realistic, um, logical, you know, like, oh, you, you better not do that. Or you need to be careful for this, or, you know, got to watch out for that. They're just much more open to what if, you know, or yeah. maybe, yeah. And more and curious, who knows so. if you'd had that conversation with another adult, if they would have had that same insight that your son had. Yeah. So again, well, and in fact I did, and yeah. that's where I got a lot of naysayers, a lot of cautionary, you know, Oh, right. how would you do this? And what about that? And do you know, you know, how to start a business and do, yeah. If I would have paid attention to all of that, I would, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, uh, and I wouldn't have taken that leap and started my own company. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really it's been an amazing journey and I just truly love what I do. I play well with others in the sandbox, I like to say. So I, I have a podcast, a no, the No Problem Parenting podcast. I have uh, other parenting experts, parenting uh, guests, counselors, therapists, doctors, you, you know, I have all kinds of health experts and, and people who just really care about helping parents and kids in their home, you know, come on to that. And, and uh, there isn't one right way right? It's different for everyone. And we have, you know, we we need to find, we need to have the resources and availability to find out what works for us in our own homes. And that's what I love to teach parents how to do it, support them in doing. I love that. And I think that's so true in many aspects of our life, right? There isn't one right way. It's the same with our health. There isn't one right way, which is where, you know, personalized health can come in and really help people truly heal as opposed to giving someone a label and saying you need this drug and that's going to help you heal where really it's just masking symptoms. Right. So I just want to come back to, because our theme for January is all about slowing down and slowing down in order to be able to get ahead instead of just pushing through. Right. So from your Mrs. Overdo It days, I know you have a Mrs. Overdo It program and you have a gift for the audience that we'll put in the show link and you can talk about in a minute. But um, 
what advice would you give to someone who is listening to this right now going, oh my God, that's me. I'm Mrs. Overdo It. And here it is January. And I already have this to-do list a mile long and I've made all these resolutions. What advice would you have for them in terms of taking a step back and slowing down? Well, and I'm glad you asked that. And I do have a little worksheet that I'm gonna, I'll give you a link for that, Melissa, so people can download this. I'll just go over a few things real quick. One of the things that I needed to do, even in preparation to leave my job to start, I mean, you maybe aren't going to leave your job and start a new career, but maybe you just need to know how to slow down and be more intentional about the job that you're in and your home life, um, whether you have kids or not, you know, just how to slow down. Um, Take a look at your to-do list. Some people love to-do lists, other people despise to-do lists, right? So take a look at, uh, we all have a to-do list in one way, shape or another, right? Take a look at that and really discover what is it that you absolutely have to be doing that are essential to-dos that you really have to be doing. And then what are those things that you can delegate that maybe somebody else can do if you're willing to give up the control? A lot of busy people, a lot of us misses overdo it. It's not just about helping and all of that. It's also about control. And being, we're kind of controlling. And so we got to take a look at ourselves and what, what does that mean for us? So look at the things that you absolutely don't need to do that you can delegate to other people, or you can just completely let go and don't need to pay attention to at all and just take them off. And so that's usually where I start. Um, take a look at what are your to-dos, what's keeping you busy, and then highlight what are the things that really feed you or fill you up and be sure that you're doing those things regularly. And putting those in your calendar and actually carving time out for those. And I am the pro, I used to be the pro at saying, I don't have time for that when it came to my own stuff, because I, but really that wasn't the truth. We do have time. There's plenty of time. It's how efficient we are with our time. And it's how willing we are to really pay attention to ourselves without feeling that we're um, selfish. Mm -hmm you know, but really paying attention to our needs. You know, it's the old saying about when you're on a, a flight with your children, if the flight goes down, mom needs to put the oxygen mask on herself first before her kids. That is so true. We shouldn't poo poo that statement anymore. It is so true. We really need to be doing it. So that's where I would start. And there's more in the, in the uh, worksheet in the uh, that you can go into. That's really some self-discovery and yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. I really appreciate it. And I I love what you're saying. And it's something that I also teach. And again, the audience has heard this many times before, but, you know, as you said earlier, you weren't ready for a sign earlier, right? So you hear things at different times in your life, and sometimes it sinks in better than other times. And so that mantra that I created after this realization happened for me as well, is that self-care is the most selfless act because it allows you to show up and give the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. And prior to me starting off, you know, in my health coaching journey and being back in school and learning that and someone telling me that it's selfless, I totally thought it was selfish. And I have no idea where that came from. I don't think anybody ever told me that it was selfish to look after myself, but I just thought that yep. and it took someone telling me that it's the most selfless act 
because you have to put the oxygen mask on. You can't serve from an empty cup. All of those reasons Mm -hmm. that had me finally step into realizing, oh my goodness, I do actually have to look after me first and I can look after me first and gave myself that permission. And as you said, I put it in my calendar and then that gave me my time to slow down in each day and do something for me so that I could show up for the rest of the day to serve others. So I love that, but I, I'm just wondering if there was a point in there where you learned that for you, like, what was that aha? I, I really think it was the people in my family and the people at work mm-hmm. that were saying, stop. You know, um, we don't, we're not asking for your help. You're doing too much. Right. You know, and that was for somebody who really thrived off of helping others and giving that was like the two by four. Um, I often call it a a padded two by four, although at the time it it hurt, it stung, but that was really the beginning of me looking at, Hmm, you know, what am I doing? And, um, and what, and what do I need to be paying attention to? And it was more about, I needed to start paying more attention to me. Um, I think I, that's when I realized I was just being busy to, um, what's the word. It it was a way of me not ignore my grief and, and kind of, uh, what was going on with me internally at that point. So really at the time it felt horrible, but it was a gift. Yeah. And I love that you can see it as a gift now, but as someone else who loves to give and serve, I can totally relate to how painful in the moment that would be. So kudos to you for using it to, you know, take a deeper dive inside and look at yourself and reflect upon yourself versus just becoming bitter towards the people that in that moment, it felt like they were criticizing you. And how dare they not be grateful for everything I'm doing for them, right? Right, right. You've taken that approach mm-hmm. and become bitter towards them, et cetera, et cetera. But you didn't. You instead looked at, wow, I need to look at me. Mm-hmm. And hearing it twice, as hard as that is, further reaffirmed that, wow, I need to look at me, right? And you, yeah. you did that work. And that was your aha and your realization. So I really want to invite listeners to know that this process of slowing down, there's more than one way to go about it. And it isn't just about self-care. It's also about self-reflection. And what are you avoiding in creating all this busyness Mm -hmm. in your life? Yeah, absolutely. When you can understand that and understand that emotion and work with that and release that, then that allows you to slow down in an even more profound way. So absolutely. Yeah. And the worksheet, I'll talk more about that too, just about stillness and reflection and how to even do that. I remember when people would tell me how to meditate, I'd be like, for somebody who likes to keep busy, meditation is painful. (laughs) Reflection is painful (laughs) because you're sitting there going, all these thoughts are in your head about all these things you should be doing. So it does take practice just to even like be still. And, uh, and it's a lot of work. It can take some time. So just it be absolutely, patient. Be it absolutely does. So I love that you brought up meditation because that's something else that I want to be talking about in this month of January podcasts of slowing down. So 
Thank you so, so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing that worksheet that people can take and work through and, you know, help them slow down, help them be reflective, help them choose the way they want to be and live in 2022, instead of just plowing on through the way they always have. So that's powerful work to do. So I really appreciate you gifting that um, downloaded worksheet for people to go through. And well, you're welcome. And thanks for having me on today. This is oh, so it's, fun. It's my pleasure. I love to ask all of my guests at the end of the show, a couple questions. So the first one is what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? Oh man. Oh, that's a great question, Melissa. It means exactly what we're talking about. Pay attention. Uh, my mom died from cancer. And so there's this big fear about when is my wake up call going to happen? And I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of being fearful. So uh, I don't want to wait for my wake up call. I want to be intentional. And really, that's what it means. Be intentional. We never know when something is going to happen, right? A health crisis or something, even as prepared as we are and as much as we do. But I really, I, I think it's being intentional and taking a look at my health and doing the best that I can and then letting it go not worrying, not fearing constantly, not taking in all the media fear that, you know, we're, we're throwing at, uh, or that's thrown at us these days. So. I love that. And a hundred percent agree with you, <laughs> you know, being intentional, taking responsibility for our health and, and then letting the rest go, letting the fear go. So if you can let people know how they can get hold of you, whether it's about Mrs. Overdo it or your amazing parent whisperer work that you do, <laughs> how can people get hold of you? Because I'm sure the audience has loved this episode and there are people that might want to be reaching out to you. Yeah, the easiest one-stop shop way to get a hold of me is to go to the website, which is helloworldmn for Minnesota. Dot com. So helloworldmn.com. You can find no problem parenting there. You can find how to connect with me for a free call. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter to get parenting tips um, or, you know, be a guest on my podcast or, or uh, there's links to the podcast on there too. So it's everything is in helloworldmn.com. And you have a membership program there too, right? I do. So the, to become a no problem parent, if you're interested in that, I have a membership community where you get a year long membership and the online no problem parenting course, which is just literally three easy steps. It takes 96 minutes to get through the course. It's not a week to week, you know, it's like this long term kind of thing. It's just a foundational uh, new perspective on uh, parenting and how, how to speak to our kids and how to survive parenting. <laughs> And I will tell you, I have a guarantee for all the parents out there listening that want to register for that membership community. Everybody says when you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a guarantee for your services or products, right? My guarantee is that I guarantee you're going to have problems raising your kids. <laughs> there you go. It's a great guarantee. It's a fact of life. So true. So let's do our best to become confident about parenting them. Yeah. I love that. And you're the perfect person to help. So thank well, you thank again. You. And oh, you have welcome. any final message for the audience to have them step into being more intentional and slowing down in 2022? Well, I would say um, two things. One is the signs that are put in our path aren't always the prettiest. I know I told you about the goldfinch and the owl and the deer and the stop sign, which isn't necessarily not pretty, but there were also snakes like snakes that were in our shrubs right in outside of our front door it was horrible it wasn't one snake it was a group and there's meaning behind that look it up look what the snakes are trying to tell you I didn't want to look at that because I'm ugh, I 
they freak me out. I don't like them. So the signs aren't always the prettiest. Pay attention to them anyway. Uh, and then the, the last thing is, and I learned this quote back in 1990 that I've carried with me. That's the only quote I have. I can always remember, but I didn't even pay. I paid attention to it, but I didn't see it or hear it the same way I, I did when I, I launched Hello World and, and this, uh, this new um, passion or mission of mine. And the quote is, we need to let our intuition guide us and then follow that guidance directly and fearlessly. And the author is unknown. I wish I know who, you know, knew who wrote it yeah. or said it because I just think it's brilliant. We need to let our intuition guide us and then follow that guidance directly and fearlessly. So it doesn't mean we just take leaps into the unknown and, you know, with, with no caution, but just when you do make a decision, do it directly and fearlessly. And, uh, and you've got God in the universe behind you. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that quote. Thank you for being yes. here today. Thank you to the audience for tuning in and, uh, everybody have a wonderful week until next time. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.